Hey everybody, welcome to the latest edition of Steve's NRL Footy Tips for Round 21. I'm your host, Stephen Westway. A huge show ahead today, guys. Five rounds left of the regular season. Finals are upon us. The game continues up in Queensland despite the COVID situation up there in Brisbane. There was no games on Super Saturday this week. What is a Saturday without NRL? I didn't know what to do, but Super Saturday got cancelled on Saturday. Thankfully, uh, Peter Vlandis and the rest of the NRL commission got it all sorted uh, and worked with the Queensland government to continue the game on the Sunday. And on the Sunday afternoon, we had three matches. And on Monday night, we had two to complete round 20. Great to see the game continuing, whether it's going to be in Queensland, going back to New South Wales come finals time, or potentially even playing the grand final down there in Melbourne. It's just great to have some rugby league and... You know, have a bit of a escape from all the situations that's happening around the world at the moment, around Australia. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Please remember, if you guys enjoy this show, like Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook, please like, share, and subscribe to the podcast, whether you guys listen to it, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or anywhere you guys listen to your favorite podcasts. And please, it's important, if you haven't, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That's how I get this podcast out to more people. Please support it. Uh, thank you guys for listening every week. We're going to discuss the Melbourne Storm momentarily. Are they unbeatable? Do they have this premiership wrapped up after a dominant win against the Penrith Panthers? But before we get to that, I just want to make note of the situation uh, with the new rule changes that has affected rugby league over the last two years, and in particular, combined with the crackdown that's happened in the NRL this year, we've seen a lot more points getting scored in the game, and that was highlighted by the result uh, at about 8 o'clock on Sunday evening when the CR City Rabbitohs defeated the St. George Oil Dragons 50-14. to The Dragons were the 8th team this season to concede, to concede 50 points. It was the 11th time a team has scored uh, 50 points this season. That is a record for the most of the year. It is a little bit disturbing, the fact that we've got half the competition that have just conceded huge blowout scores. To recap the 50 points that we've seen being scored this year, all the 50 points, the Bulldogs, uh, they lost 52-18 to 18 in Round 5 against the Storm and 66-0 against Manly in Round 16. The Rabbitohs lost 50-0 to the Storm in Round 9 and followed that up two weeks later when they lost 56-12 to 12 against the Panda of Panthers. The Broncos lost to Manly 50-6 to 6 in Round 10 and 52-24 to 24 against the Dragons in Round 13. The Cowboys lost 50-18 to 18 against Manly in Round 14. The Tigers lost against the Storm 66-16 in Round 15. The Titans were defeated by Manly 56-24 in Round 15. The Warriors, last round, Round 19, lost to the Rabbitohs 60-22. And then on the weekend, of course, the Dragons losing to the Rabbitohs 50 points to 14. That is a concern in our game because... For so many years, it was a great balance between attack and defense. And this is what I've been saying over the last couple of years with the rule changes, the six against have come into it. And yeah, for a lot of people, it's made the game more exciting, uh, a more enterprising brand of rugby league for all the broadcasters and sponsors of the game that, okay, we're going to get some exciting football, some some great tries, some athletic moments. Uh, but at the cost of... The balance of the game of teams, you know, getting into a grind and really leading the way in defense. That might not be the most exciting brand of football for some people, but for me, that is the game. That's been the game for over 110 years. And I think that the NRL, and I've, I've said this multiple times, need to find a way to balance out these score lines because at the moment, the NRL season in 2021, in my opinion, 
is probably the worst season I've seen in my lifetime. So um, in terms of closeness, in terms of entertaining as a product to watch, um, I'm just not enjoying this season as much as I have in previous years. And that's not to say other people might enjoy it more and might love the season. I still love NRL. I mean, I'm I'm a guy that's running an NRL podcast each and every week. That's how much I love talking about the game, how much I'm a fan of the game. But at the same time, there's some improvement to be made. And Peter Valenti's just come in and done a great job continuing the NRL in this crisis situation we've been in over the last two seasons. But... And, and again, it, it also a great uh, a great effort by him and, and all those other people involved in having a crackdown on the high tackles and trying to remove concussion from our game. But at the same time, the product still needs to be appealing and it still needs to be entertaining to watch. And all these blowouts that we're seeing from all these teams, in my opinion, are not the most entertaining way we can, we can promote rugby league. So I just want to highlight that 8 out of 16 teams, half the field have conceded at 50 points this season, and we all know the historical uh, meaning of the 50 points conceded. No team since 1908 has won the premiership after conceding 50 points. Two teams only in all those seasons have made the grand final after conceding 50 points. So it is a huge statistic, and I think that the NRL really needs to be aware going into season 2022 and into the finals that... The quicker the game is, might not necessarily be um, the quickest game. Might not necessarily be the best and most uh, appealing brand of rugby league. So I just want to make that statement as we start the show. But to the main topic now, before I get to the tips, and they are coming very shortly. It's a bit of a long intro today, but I just want to talk about the Melbourne Storm situation and everything that they've been able to accomplish so far this season. They now sit on sixteen consecutive victories, the record in. Rugby league in Australia, first grade, is 19 wins in a row. And that was accomplished by the Sydney Roosters back in 1975. They went undefeated during that season. There's been other undefeated seasons in rugby league history, but none that went for 19 games. The Storm aren't undefeated this year. They've lost two games. They lost to the Eels and to the Panthers in consecutive rounds, around two and round three. Since then, they've gone undefeated. And they now are closing in on the greatest winning streak in the history of the game, over 113 years of history. they Their biggest competition, a lot of people would argue, are the Panda Panthers. And the Panthers have had their injury concerns over the past month, ever since Origin and since Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary led New South Wales to the serious victory in those first two matches. They've had a lot of injury dramas. They had six, at least six regular first graders out in that 37-10 to 10 lost to Melbourne on Sunday afternoon. But the way that Melbourne just dismantled this Penrith team, despite the fact that they've had their injury problems so far this year as well, is hugely impressive. You just look at Melbourne's lineup at the moment and you see the likes of Ryan Pabahiasen and Harry Grant. These guys are playing off the bench. Now, I know that they're coming back from some serious injuries, but the fact that they have the luxury, and they've done it again this week, to name the likes of Pabahiasen and Harry Grant on the bench... Uh, is absolutely unbelievable. They have so much depth wherever they wherever they need their positions filled. Um, they've got star power all over the field. I mean, we don't have to get into the huge names, but 
the likes of Hughes, Munster. They're playing unbelievable football. Nico Hines, Keevan Powerhouse, and now the starting team at the moment. The Cheese, Brandon Smith, they're, they're damaging forward pack. And then when you've got issues like George Jennings getting injured, they just put someone like Dean Laramaya, who scored three tries on the weekend. He comes in, does his job well. They've had guys like Aaron Booth and Pena and Chris Lewis do a really good job this year as well. You've just got a question. Can the Melbourne Storm go through the rest of this competition undefeated? At the moment, I don't know who's going to be able to beat them, but regardless, it's going to be a, it's going to have to take a, a superhuman effort from a team to, to knock the Storm off the top of the ladder at the moment and eliminate them come finals time because a lot can change within a month for rugby league, but the way that Craig Bellamy has these guys primed for the finals this season and the way that they've just been so dominant throughout the entire year speaks volumes, especially considering they lost Cameron Smith to retirement, especially considering that uh, you'll go back to five or ten years ago and a lot of players and a lot of pundits around rugby league, they all agreed that Craig Bellamy was a great coach, but they thought that the influence, and I, I was one of these people, thought the influence of three of the greatest players of all time in Cooper Cronk, Billy Slater, and Cameron Smith, and even when they had Inglis and all those other superstars from the uh, late 2000s, those teams and those players you know, helped Craig Bellamy's legacy. It's looking now that it's the other way around. Craig Bellamy, we all know how much he nurtured these guys, but maybe Craig Bellamy's influence, maybe we wouldn't have seen the Cameron Smith that we saw for such a long, sustained period of time um, without Craig Bellamy being his coach for that long of a period because his influence has been outstanding and it's why Melbourne have found so much success for such a long period of time. I think they're going to win this year's premiership. I think that the only teams, in my opinion, that can stop them are the Manly Seagulls, the CF City Rabbitohs on their very best day. Both of those teams have to be at their very best. And the Penrith, maybe, if they get all their players back, but they couldn't get the job done last year's grand final. The Storm, for me, should be very, very short favourites to win this competition. I'm pretty sure they are. But, man, I, I just don't see, unless a miracle happens another team stopping them, and they could very well break that 19-game winning streak, get to 20 wins, which has never been done in 113 years of rugby league. It would be a huge accomplishment for Melbourne, for the Storm, for Bellamy, and just for the game in general. It would be a great celebration because this team is so dominant, but again shows you the one-sided uh, nature of the competition we've seen so far this year, which I which I spoke about a little bit earlier. So congratulations to the Storm. We'll see how long they can keep this winning streak going. I expect Bellamy to rest some players in the coming weeks before finals. But at the same time, the, as I've said, the guys that they put in to replace their superstars have been doing an absolutely outstanding job, and I can't see them losing a game um, for the rest of the year. It's going to have to take some effort to beat them. All right. Long intro aside, guys, we're going to get to my preview of round 21 now. As I said, please like Steve's NRL footy tips on Facebook. We're nearing 600 likes. I appreciate that. The more people I can get this podcast to, the better. But the action all kicks off on Thursday night. This is a footy tipping podcast. Let's get to my tips for round 21. And the action all kicks off on Thursday night. All the games in round 21 will be taking place in two different stadiums. It's all going to be... Uh, from Suncorp Stadium or from Seabus Super Stadium. And the action on Thursday night will take place at Suncorp Stadium when the Newcastle Knights take on the Brisbane Broncos. Both of these teams coming off very impressive victories in round 20. For the Broncos, it was a very good victory over their arch rival, their little brother, the Cowboys, on Friday night. 
Both teams have had some classic encounters over the years, but the Broncos got the chocolate in that match. It was on the back of uh, some really good commitment in defense. Kevin Walters, after 20 rounds, has finally seen like he's got this Broncos side, believing in, in the message that he's been trying to instill in them throughout the uh, the entire year. Uh, their defense has gotten better. Gamble and Brody Croft seem a lot more comfortable playing together there in the halves now. Which is good news for Brody Cross, considering he was on, you know, the outskirts of first grade for a while. But the likes of Payne Huss um, has really lifted the forwards. Him and Alex Glenn have lifted guys, young blokes like Palisar, Ricky, Kobe Harrington. These guys are all doing a great job for them. Katoni Staggs made a big influence as well. Of course, he's out injured for the rest of the year now, unfortunately. But they're playing a good brand of football, an exciting brand of football. And they're starting to become the old dog of war Broncos that we had seen, um, you know, in the first 20, 25 years of the Broncos' existence until about five years ago. So promising signs there for the Broncos. You know, they, they still float in and out of games, but the improvement from the start of the year to this point, it's starting to be significant when you're starting to see some significant change, especially when you consider that you got guys like Adam Reynolds that have come to come into the Broncos' pack next year um, into their side and really make a difference there. So... Kevin Walters, we'll see what they can do for the rest of the year, but they're definitely not going to finish last, and they can still upset a few teams on the way. Their opponents this week, the Newcastle Knights, it was a good win on Sunday afternoon against the Canberra Raiders. For me, that match really dictated. Um, it could have been a season-defining match for both teams. The Raiders folded a little bit, but the Knights, on the back of a, a great performance by Caitlin Ponga, really took it to them. Bradman Best was such a huge um, inclusion. Him and Tuala, the centers. Both played uh, fantastic. They do welcome back Mitchell Pearce this week. He's going to uh, definitely control the team around. Clifford and Phoenix Crossland did a good job last week, but having uh, your number one halfback and one of the best halfbacks in the competition at his best, Mitchell Pearce back in the lineup is going to help. Braley's out this week, so his spot's been taken by Chris Randall there as the hooker. But, but I really expect with their run home that Newcastle are going to make such a tear for this top eight. They're currently in 11th spot on the ladder with 8 wins and 11 losses. But if you look at their run home, they have such a, such a I don't want to say easy run, but a run where they can really um, pretty much go through the rest of the season, potentially undefeated the rest of the regular season, and uh, prime themselves for a big finals campaign. I mean, they got the Broncos this week. Next week, they got the Sharks. Then to finish the year, they've got the Bulldogs, the Titans, and then the Broncos again. Some of those games, like the games against Brisbane, aren't going to be easy, and the, and the Cronulla game is a big match as well. But if they're serious about their season, they should be winning this game on Thursday night. They should really be setting themselves up for a big finals campaign. Uh, this is going to be, the, I believe, the second time that Caelan Ponga, Mitchell Pearce, Jay Clifford, and Jaden Braley have... Uh, well, Jaden Braley's out this week, but, but still Clifford, Pearce, and Ponga have all played together. And having your number one choice, you know, spine intact basically makes a huge difference and I expect them to uh, not make easy work of the Broncos. The Broncos are going to be competitive and that's the real promising sign from them so far um, in this second stint of the season that Kevin Walters has them always competing in matches. We saw it a couple of weeks ago against Penrith. They were down 18-0 in that game. They fought back to 18-12 and you know how much of a quality side Penrith is. So Brisbane are going to be in this fight but I just expect... Uh, 
Newcastle have a bit too much star power. I think that when the key moments are there, the likes of Ponga and, and Pierce are really going to make their presence felt. And I think that the Broncos have a big task, those young kids, in stopping the likes of Frizzell, Barnett, the Saifidi brothers, and Connor Watson. It's a really good forward pack at their best. And I expect Newcastle in the next month to start playing their best brand of footy. I've got the Knights in this game. I've got them by eight points. All right, Friday Night Football kicks off this week from Seabus Super Stadium at 6 p.m. when the Canberra Raiders host the St. George Illawarra Dragons. These teams played each other only about a month ago. It was the Dragons down at Wynn Stadium getting the late victory uh, by, I believe it was two points in that contest. Since then, we've seen the Dragons go on a downward spiral that all started from that barbecue incident down there. Uh, in Shell Harbour. Since then, they've had players out from suspension. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of problems down there. Paul Vaughan getting sacked. Uh, Dufty has been let go. Corey Norman basically told that he has no future at the club. And they've really just gone completely off the Richter scale and have, have had, suffered some heavy losses. And it was compounded on Sunday in a 50-14 loss in Tarek Sims' 200th game to the South Sydney Rabbitohs. They were in that game for moments of the match. About 20 minutes in, they were down 10-0, and then somehow took the lead 12-10. It was a really good performance by them um, to get back in the contest. But then when it came time to really kick on for the Dragons, just didn't have um, enough. And Ben Hunt has been their best player this year. If there's anyone that's been a shining light for this Dragons team, it has been Hunt. Um, he's had easily his best season in red V colors. He has suffered a broken arm, so he's out for the rest of the season. So they've got an entirely different team this week. Jack uh, Jack Bird's back from his suspension. He's playing fullback. Uh, Corey Norman and Adam Clune in the halves. Uh, so you know it's a, it's a makeshift lineup. Um, not their first choice lineup at all. The Zach Lomax is a good inclusion. He's back in the centres this week. But if the Dragons are going to do anything, I mean, despite all these heavy losses, they still sit in tenth spot on eight wins, eleven. Losses. They're only out of the four, uh, the top eight right now because of four and against. Most of this barbecue incident is behind them now. Most players have served their suspension. I don't know if they've got it in them, but if they do, they can make a potential run for uh, eighth spot. I just don't know if the players are going to be up for it, and I just feel like at certain points during the last month of football, the Dragons have given up and, and kind of lied down and accepted that 2021 has not gone the way that they thought it was going to and, and have started preparing for next year. In saying that, the Raiders weren't great against the Knights last week either. Ricky's going to have to have them fired up. Jack White hasn't played his best football this year, but him and Sam Williams really need some um, communication between each other and really need to control the team around better. I thought Jordan Rappin has been great since he's got back to fullback, but Wyden, Sam Williams, they need to combine well with Hodson. Hodson needs to get him some quality ball and get some the forwards some quality ball out of there at hooker. Um, Starling provides a bit of a spark when he comes off on the bench, but it, it's just been all too inconsistent this year. And uh, last weekend, we saw a Raiders team that let Newcastle get in front too, by too much too quickly. They need to start the game off this week. They need their forwards to really make an impact, the likes of Papalihi and Tarpanay. And I think that with the Dragons kind of makeshift lineup and the way that they've themselves have been floating in and out of games, I think that their forwards can get over the top of the Dragons. And I expect Raiders to uh, to get a lead early and really go on with it. And I expect the Raiders to be winning this game pretty comfortably, especially if they're going to make finals this year. I've got the Raiders by 16 points in this game over the Dragons. 
These two games on Friday night from Seabus Super Stadium are a doubleheader, and the main event of that doubleheader starts at 8pm when the Parramatta Eels take on the South Sydney Rabbitohs in an absolute blockbuster. The Eels, the last month, have not gone their way at all. They've tried to shake off the pretenders tag, but it hasn't really worked. They have such a hard run home, and that loss last week against the Roosters, 28-0, really showed where they're out of the club at the moment. I know they've been missing Mitchell Moses. He's back this week, but they need a win, and they need a win fast because you look at their run home. They've got the Rabbitohs this week. They've still got to play Manly, Penrith, and Melbourne. It doesn't get any easier. They've got a game against the Cowboys, which is winnable for them, but they could find themselves out of the top four, and they can find themselves in elimination danger first week of the finals if they can't get their act together because Manly and the Roosters are hunting that fourth spot, and the Eels just have to keep their head above water, get a couple of these wins. It's not going to be easy this week, but they need to get their job done if they're going to make a serious uh, you know, shake of this competition come the postseason in the finals. So uh, the Rabbitohs, on the other hand, they're playing a good brand of football. Um, they find themselves really clocking off, clocking in, clocking off in games. They started really well against the Dragons. They end up winning that game 50-14. to 14, But they let the Dragons back in the game. And they've got to be better against the top teams. They, they've got to be able to put an 80-minute performance together. Cody Walker's playing a great brand of football. He's been great all season. But I think he's a... He's at the point where he's got to be at 23 or 24 tries this, this year. Latrell Mitchell's playing a good brand of football. That left-hand side's so dangerous. But the promising thing about the Rabbitohs in the last month has been that Adam Reynolds has been able to shift it to the right side. Cody Walker's been able to roam over to that side of the field, and they're scoring points over that way as well. So um, the Rabbitohs' attack is on point, and I, I question whether a lot of these teams can keep track of the Rabbitohs in terms of points in a, in a shootout. Obviously, the Storm have been so dominant, and they're on track to break the all-time point-scoring record this year, but the Rabbitohs, uh, on their best day, I don't know if any other team in the competition can score the amount of points they can. The question mark for Seahawks is their defense, and they, they're still conceding soft tries. They would have liked to keep the Dragons to nil instead the Dragons got to three tries, so they have to do better against the good teams to defense. This week's a good challenge for them against the Parramatta Eels because the Eels' attack so far um, since Mitchell Moses got injured has been disastrous. Jacob Arthur and Dylan Brown have not been able to lead the team around um, offensively. They find themselves lost when they're 20 metres out from an opposition trial line. It's a forward hit up and then they throw it around and see what happens and it's really not working at the moment. They could not get a point on the board last week against the Roosters and the Roosters this year haven't been necessarily known for their great defense. They, it was a great defensive effort last week but the Eels should had so many opportunities that they should have been able to find a way to the trial line. Mitchell Moses is going to help that this week but him and Clint Gustin and Dylan Brown need to really get their heads together and simplify the attack. Instead of going around opposition, they need to straighten up, get their big forwards, lay in a platform, and then they'll find opportunity and space in opposition line to score points. But they need to fix it. They need to fix it fast. I don't know if they're going to be able to match it with the Rabbitohs for 80 minutes. I expect a fiery Parramatta Eels side to start the game, and they're going to be really fired up to to make an impression against a good side and really to, to help... Um, get some confidence back in the playing group, especially with Mitchell Moses back. But I just, as I said, when the Rabbitohs are on an attack and they've been on for for the last month now, very few teams can match it with them for 80 minutes. I think the Rabbitohs have just got way too many points in them. 
Latrell Mitchell and Cody Walker just getting better as the season goes on. Damien Cook's fine, finally starting to find some footing there uh, from dummy half. He's been struggling this season, but the last few weeks have looked promising for him. And the forwards, um, the young kids, guys like Kaloma Tungi and Cam Murray, even though he missed last week, um, are really taking it up to another level. Mark Nichols is playing some good football as well. So I just think that the Rabbitohs just will have a bit too much here for Parramatta. I think it's going to be a game... Parramatta effort. It's going to be a, a much improved Parramatta effort from last week, especially with Mitchell Moses' kicking game in general play. I think that's going to help immensely. But I've just got the Rabbitohs being too strong, too powerful, and just wanting this win more. I've got the Rabbitohs by 16 points in this Friday night encounter. Super Saturday, my favourite time of the week, kicks off from 3pm on Saturday afternoon from Suncorp Stadium when the New Zealand Warriors host the Cronulla Sharks. And for the Warriors... They got a much-needed win last week against the Tigers. They find themselves now with a record of six wins and 13 losses in the season. But Nathan Brown and all the players there, despite the loss of RTS and the fact that they've had to play away from New Zealand all year, so they've had their excuses, the Warriors, but they really need to win after seven straight defeats. They got it over the Tigers somehow with a narrow 18-16 victory. The last team they beat before round 20 was in round 11 against the West Tigers again. They they won 30 to 26 in that contest. So the Tigers somehow just keep finding ways to lose against the Warriors. But the Warriors are going to take that confidence this week and hopefully continue it against the Cronulla Sharks team that were pretty much just dismantled against Manly. They hung on uh, in moments in that game, but at the end of the day, they were just horribly outclassed when it mattered against the. The Manly Seagulls, they scored a couple late consolation tries to make the result a little bit more respectable. It was 40-22 to 22 it ended up when Tom Trojevic went off injured. But they just got outclassed by a superstar and by um, some confident players around that superstar. And that's a damaging loss for the Sharks because they find themselves in the eighth spot. They're only in the eight because of four and against. They need to start getting some victories if they're going to be serious about a final uh, spot this year. John Morris has got to have this team up and ready to go. This is a very winnable game for them this week. But they shouldn't take the Warriors lightly because despite the Warriors losing seven in a row before that win over the Tigers, they were highly competitive in a few of those matches. And Nathan Brown, um, I think that he knows that this isn't the Warriors team that he wants, but some of these guys are going to be the future of the club. They do welcome back Harris Tavita this week in the 5-8 position. We'll see how he combines with Walsh. Walsh has been good, but you know it's been a tough initiation as a starting fullback for him. They welcome back Curran this week as well. Ewan Aiken shifted successfully to the second row last week. We'll see how that goes this week. He ended up scoring two tries in that position there. So it's going to be interesting. Lodge has been a good mid-season buy for them as well. Fanua Blake's back on board. So I think this Warriors team is going to be up for the challenge against this Granada Sharks lineup. The Sharks, they just need to keep finding a way to... to play their brand of football. They got drawn into going kind of out of the grind against Manly last week. They tried to hang in as much as they could, but Will Chambers and Co. you can see, were really starting to get frustrated. Cronulla at their best when they're playing that that defensive style game, and the game's getting quicker, so that's getting harder to do, but the likes of Kennedy, Chambers, uh, Ramian, these guys aren't traditional, you know, attackive players. They're, they more rely on defense, but if they get an opportunity like Kennedy has at times this year. He's going to make the most of it. Um, and their forward pack's really got to rise to the challenge against the Warriors lineup because if you're looking at paper, despite of these losses, I think the Warriors got the better pack um, on paper. The likes of Woods, Rudolph, who have both been good this year, need to step up. Talakai had some damaging hits in defense as well, but they need to do it consistently over 80 minutes. The Warriors... 
I've said this year, have a pattern where they start getting strong and then their forwards, because they're so big, they get tired really quickly. And in the last 10 to 20 minutes of halves, they seem to fade away a little bit. Cronulla uh, need to find a way to expose that. I know they've got a very inexperienced halves combination in Trindle and Tracy, but if these guys are serious about a, you know, a, a first finals appearance for them, they need to make it count, and they need to make it count this week because if they lose here to the Warriors, I think that's the could potentially be the end of the season there for Cronulla. And I've actually got the Warriors in, a, in an upset here. I'm going to go to the Warriors by four. I think that they're going to take a loss a lot from last week's victory. Um, and the Sharks, I have question marks over whether they're even a top eight team at this point. What a super Saturday we have this week. They're sure making up for no football last week. It's a massive doubleheader from Suncorp Stadium. We're going to see four of the top five teams in action, and the action all kicks off from 5.30 when the Sydney Roosters take on the Penrith Panthers. The Roosters, a great win against Parramatta last week, 28-0. Despite the fact that they're missing so many players this year, that they're pretty much using their second strongest team in areas, they're still finding ways to win. Hudson and Walker are doing a tremendous job in the halves despite their lack of experience. And guys like Hargraves... Uh, Tupanul and Angus Crichton are really leading the way for this Roosters pack this year. Tedesco starting to play some good football as well. They find themselves with more injuries. Again, Dale Copley's uh, been signed straight from, um, I believe it was, the, I think the Titans he was still at. Whoever he was at, he wasn't getting many opportunities. Um, he is going to replace um, Josh Morris because Morris has got an injury concern there. Uh, so they, they just find themselves uh, hanging on just with different sides every week. And... They find themselves in a position where they can go on with it and potentially make a top four, but it's not going to be easy. They're losing a Penrith Panthers side that last week they weren't at their best. Everybody knows that. And they've still only lost three games this year. They do get some much-needed firepower back this week. Corsi has back for them. Isaiah Yo is back for them. Uh, Edwards is still fullback. We still have Burton and Lui in the halves. Um, Capewell is going to be a makeshift there in the centres, but it's a much better Penrith team than we saw last week, and they're going to be looking uh, to you know make a statement and show that they're still ahead of in this competition. They were thoroughly outclassed last week against Melbourne. I expect them to hit back in this contest. Nathan Cleary has been named in the 21 jersey. Uh, it would be interesting to see if he actually plays. If I was uh, the Panthers, I would be very lucky to do that. I think that the fitter that he is and uh, the, 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 as long as he's 100% fit and ready for finals, I would be risking him at this point of the season, even though it's a big game against the Roosters. If they lose this week, they could potentially find themselves down the third spot, depending on the Rabbitohs can be Parramatta on uh, Friday night. But if the game's going to get played in Queensland anyway, it doesn't really matter where you finish in second or third, you're still going to win those games to get to the grand final. Um, Penguin Junior's made his debut there for Parramatta this week as well off the bench. He's a massive in. We know what he can do at his best. And I think Ivan Cleary won really told him um, just to play his game simple um, and, and not overplay his hand there in Penrith and he can make a significant impact in this club. I think that they're going to find their best football against the Roosters this week. As I said, the Roosters just keep finding a way to turn up for each other and it's really inspiring to be honest with you. Even though I'm a Rabbitohs fan and I can't see the Roosters, I can't see the Roosters.
they're impressing me. They're impressing me. I just want to know. I just want to know. I've stolen a football that tonight. It's tonight. Nick and me out there. 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 Nick and me out you know, it's going to be the game, it's going to be the game, you know, so much, so much, you know, game, you know, like to run, you like to run more, a little bit more, be that playmaker, that playmaker, he's not in this week, he's not in this week, I just think that they're going to, I just think that they're going to, really be out for, really be out for, for a better performance this week, and this week, we're still together, we're still together, um, they're going to suck their rap. They're going to suck their rap. I'm going to say it's a game. 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 I'm going to say it's a and as far as blockbusting as far as what busting it goes, doesn't get much bigger than this one from seven thirty five PM the second half of the double doubleheader there at Sunnyfield Stadium. Mealy Seagulls host the Melbourne Storm. Nearly they've they've been winning games and winning games and winning comfortably lately. Tommy Turbo's been on an unbelievable form run at the moment. Some of the best individual seasons statistics I've ever seen. Tom Turbo's on another level around everybody around him is just getting raised to that level. Cherry Evans played some great football for the really Looking like he's yeah, feeling free out there in the footy field, not here, but like any issues, injury issues, and he's just that plays natural game. Cherry Evans, they're playing like 2011 out there. The Fords are really uh, playing well. Um, Lawton and Sierra, they can't even break into the starting lineup at the moment because the likes of Olaf Watu and Josh Schuster have done such a good job. I know Schuster's got an error or two in him. He will simplify that. And, um, he needs to in this game because, let me tell you, Manly have a huge job in the hand. Somehow they've got to stop this Melbourne Storm winning streak. They've won 16 in a row. They're going for that 19 in a row winning record. They've only lost two games all year, and we all know the rivalry between these two clubs. Me and Lee Melbourne, they hate each other. Going back to the 2007, 8 and 9 Grand Finals, it's a hell of a rivalry. We had the Battle of Brookvale back here in 2011 between Adam Blair and, and Glenn Stewart. I know these players, most of them, I know Cherry Evans and Foran are still going, but a lot of these guys don't, didn't play in that era. But man, uh, the rivalry's been there since those days, and there's, there's all, they're always firing counters. And I just expect this one to, to live up to that. And, and beyond, I'm very excited for the game. I think it's going to be a very high-quality game of football. For me, if merely have any chance, they have to play their best brand of footy. You can't have Josh Schuster thrown away with the pass. No offence to him. You can't have Saab or Brad Parker making a bad defensive decision. They've been great this year. But they have to play perfect. If they're going to be any chance to knock off this Melbourne Storm side, uh, Tom Turbo, he needs to play it his skin like he has been all year. I don't think that's going to be an issue with his form. Melbourne, as I said, they're in such a great position at the moment. They've got superstars like Grant and Pat the House and coming back from injury. But they are in a position where their players are all playing for each other, all turned up for each other. Those guys don't even have to be in the starting side because the Cheese, Nico Hines, these guys are playing out of their skin at the moment. Jerome Hughes had a bit of a, um, I think it was a bit of hamstring tightness last week. He's been named. So they don't even get the relief of that mainly. 
as good as this contest is going to be, and I expect Manly to really start physically and really try to bring it to this Melbourne side early in the contest. I just think that the Storm just have too much. I think in the finals, if any team's going to knock off Melbourne, I honestly think it could be Manly. I think they've got the biggest chance the way they play their football. It's so unpredictable, and it's so hard to coach against uh, what Tommy does out there. But for me, I just think that Melbourne are in a place at the moment where they're almost unbeatable. Manly going to really take it to them for, for a lot of this contest, but I just expect that the one percenters that Melbourne do so well, I think that sometimes when they throw a pass, um, and the, the pass that they throw, a lot of other teams, it wouldn't connect, but for Melbourne, it does. I just think that they've just got... They're just so committed in defence. It's hard to score points against them. Manly have got a great attack, but I think Melbourne are going to be able to limit the amount of tries that Manly are scoring. I don't know if I can say the same against Manly's defence. They they seem to clock off a bit in matches. I think Melbourne uh, are going to win this game, and I think they're going to not going to have it all their own way. I think they're going to win it by 10 points. I think it's going to be a back-and-forth battle because of the history these two clubs have each against each other, the hatred that these two clubs have each, against each other. At the best, this rivalry is almost like a state of origin type rivalry. So I expect there to be some fireworks, and I expect Manly, if there's any chance, you can't just do it all through Tommy. You need to get under Melbourne's skin. You need to upset them. But I just got the storm by 10 points in this. All right, well, we've had so much to talk about this podcast, and I want to thank you guys for your support so far in 2021. If you haven't, please like Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook. Looking at these Sunday games, I think this is where the podcast becomes significantly shorter because we don't have too much to talk about in these games. The first game of Sunday football kicks off from 2 p.m. up there at Seabus Super Stadium when the Canterbury Bulldogs host the West Tigers. The Bulldogs, well, what can you say about them? I mean, they're trying their best. Um, they Sometimes they're in games, sometimes they're not. Last week, it was pretty much complete destruction um, by the Gold Coast Titans. They they missed their best player still. Luke Thompson, he's still out of action. Um, Kyle Flanagan was really trying hard for him, but overall, they just find themselves significantly outclassed by a lot of teams, and diversing a Tigers team that, well, all you can say about the Tigers is they find a way to lose games that you just never thought you'd be able to see a, a team lose, because they should have been the Warriors. They should have beat the Warriors comfortably last week. They were winning 10 0 at half time. They let it slip away. Um, it's going to make for some great television in Tales from Tigerland. But man, if the Tigers were any chance of making the top eight, it ended last week. Dane Laurie broke his foot in the first minute to just compound their issues. They put Moses Zembai back there at fullback this week. But man, um, and, and the Bulldogs in their respect of Dave responded. Kyle Flanagan finding himself out of first grade this week. Bailey. By only Ondo, Odo, who scored the first try for him last week, he finds himself in the house with Avrilo this week. But if you're going to skip a game of football this week, let me tell you, this is a game to skip because it is going to be rough to watch. <laughs> it could be the worst game of the year. Um, I don't have any idea who's who's winning this game. Madge has just seemed to made weird changes on the bench. I mean, Sini's on the bench, Talungi's on the bench. Um, Bloor's starting second row and yeah, I just can't keep up with him. If there's one positive light for the Tigers, it's the form of Adam Dewey. He still played good last week as well. I'm going to tip the Tigers just because of him. Um, I just don't believe in the rest of the side at all. Brooks is now eight seasons in with no finals games under his belt. Michael Maguire's under all sorts of pressure. Um, I, I think they might be able to just have a little bit too much for the Bulldogs. But you know the Bulldogs are going to get in their grind. They're going to play their style of football and 
for me, I just can't be confident the Tigers are going to beat anyone. So I've got the Tigers by one point, but honestly, this game, who cares? Let's move on to the next one. All right, so after that dismal game, uh, if you're still not asleep um, <laughs> on your Sunday afternoon, this game might be the one to do it because at 4.05 p.m., we've got the Gold Coast Titans versus North Queensland Cowboys, and that might be a little bit unfair, that comment, because the Titans are starting to play a good brand of football. The Cowboys, they're just doing their thing. They seem like they're in uh, the first month of the footy mode more than their bit of a rally that they had in the middle of the season. The Titans, they find themselves in the top eight with that win last week uh, against the Bulldogs. They're in seven spots, so they have plenty to play for against this Cowboys team. And they're going to have, you'd, you'd assume if they can have a crowd this week, that there'll be a good crowd up there at Seabus Super Stadium. I'm not sure if they're allowed to, but if they are, the, the fans should get on board. This Toby Sexton has been playing some good football there in the house for him. Him and AJ Brimson have really. Um, Really yeah, electrified this Gold Coast Titans attack. Fafita's been really good off the bench for the last couple of weeks. So there's some promising signs there for Gold Coast. I don't think they're going to be competitors come the finals. I don't think they're going to be able to, you know, eliminate a team if they want to make it. But they're in a good position to make it. They, they've got themselves enough wins uh, somehow in this, you know, one-sided competition to, to be in the mix. And all credit to them. The, the Cowboys are just... They're already looking at next year. I, I, I don't see many positives in their performances. I mean, they were in the game against the Roosters and the Storm um, two or three weeks ago. Last week against the Broncos, they had a, a dubious call go against them in terms of a Kyle Felt potential try, and then they just fell off. Um, Scott Drinkwater still playing some good football, but really, if the Titans are serious about the making the finals, they will be winning this contest. I've got the Titans by 14 to end uh, the round 21. Alright guys, that is my preview for round 21. I hope you guys have enjoyed this podcast. It looks like Saturday is the real day to watch these games of footy. It's going to be a great uh, second two games. The Roosters, Penrith, Manly, Melbourne. I'm looking forward to it. If you're going to miss one Sunday this year, it might be this week. It might be the week to miss. Um, a lot of these teams are playing for their seasons now, so expect some high-quality football, some better-quality football, especially in defense, you would hope, from what we've seen so far this year. Just to recap round 21 and my tips... On Thursday night, I've gone the Knights. Just been too strong for the Broncos. The Raiders beating the Dragons and the Rabbitohs beating the Eels in the Friday matches. Super Saturday, I've got the Warriors upsetting the Sharks. The Panthers bouncing back against the Roosters and Melbourne going to uh, 17 wins in a row against the Manly Seagulls. On Sunday, I've got the Tigers beating the Bulldogs and the Titans beating the Cowboys. Those are my tips for round 21. Hope you guys have enjoyed this edition of the podcast. I told you the Roosters were money last week. They ended up winning that game 28 mil. If you're looking for a better of the week this week, um, I really think the Warriors are a huge chance to beat the Cowboys. You can get them head-to-head at $3. If you don't like the $3, I still think you can get them with about 8 or 10 start at about $1.90. So the line in that game uh, might be some good value. But thank you guys for listening to the show again this week, and I'll see you guys next week on Steve's and our all footy tips.